So in the spirit of Labor Day and Shabbat, I was inspired to speak tonight about a chapter in American Reform Jewish history. Labor Day was made an official federal holiday in 1894. In August of 1873, Rabbi Kaufman Kohler, who was a Reform rabbi in Chicago Sinai congregation, wrote the following words that you have printed on your handout. If not everyone got one, try to share. It's a blue sheet of paper. So in 1873, Rabbi Kohler wrote the following in a Chicago newspaper. This is the Jewish Sabbath in its character. This, our notions and habits, we will preserve and propagate. Even when we shall, in a time not very far off, adopt the Sunday as our Sabbath. We transfer all the blessings, all the rich seed of moral and spiritual elevation, all our dear remembrances from the old historical Sabbath to the public Sabbath, which we are in fact already celebrating with our young, with our employees, and with our non-Jewish fellow citizens. So Rabbi Kohler, who was raised and educated, he had a PhD from Berlin, so he grew up in Germany, was one of the most vocal advocates of moving the celebration of Shabbat from Saturday to Sunday. American Reformed Jews would maintain Saturday as the historical Sabbath, but Sunday would be the primary day of communal worship in Kohler's vision. He insisted that this shift would prevent people from, quote, becoming altogether estranged from Judaism. So there are three major reasons why he wanted to institute this innovation. The first was economic. Many German Jews were store owners. You may, in your own families or in your own knowledge of Jewish history, not just Levi Strauss, right? But there are hundreds of German store owners, and they kept their stores open on Saturday. They wanted the business, and they risked the competition, so they were busy and couldn't attend services. The second was attendance. Even 150 years ago, American Jews struggled with Shabbat service attendance. Not that many people were sitting on the pews on a given Saturday morning, and Kohler thought since no one had to work on Sundays, the congregants would have more opportunities to attend services on their one day off. The third and last reason was Christian acceptance. Congregants, non-Jewish friends, and neighbors were celebrating their Sabbath on Sundays already. So why not have our own parallel service that would make us look like good Americans? As you can see from the quotation, Kohler hoped to revive the religious and spiritual message behind the day of rest. He believed that the reform movement could take all of the valuable elements of the Sabbath, all the blessings and the rich seed of moral and spiritual elevation, and move it to a new public Sabbath. He used the precedent of weekday Torah services to support his vision. 
It's traditional, although we, we don't do it at Emmanuel, to read Torah on Monday and Thursday mornings during the week because these were historically the market days when the Jewish community would be gathered all together in one central location to sell their produce and wares. Kohler argued that if the rabbis in, mid- in the Middle Ages adapted to the economic circumstances of their time, why shouldn't American Jews adapt to their country's economic realities? If the Jewish community did all of the same rituals, uttered the same prayers, treated the same 24 hours just one day later as sacred, what difference did it make if it was on Sunday instead of Saturday? If it led to higher attendance and greater Christian acceptance, wouldn't that be enough to justify the change of date? So by the 1880s, over 40 Reform congregations throughout the United States held their Shabbat services on Sunday morning. But at some point, some point along his journey, Kohler changed his mind. He eventually wrote, two decades later, quote, having for 18 years been one of the chief advocates and promoters of the Sunday service, often standing forth in its defense, single-handed against a multitude of assailants, I consider it not merely my privilege, but my duty to state publicly that I have found sufficient reason to change my views. True progress lies not in abolishing, but in improving the ceremonies of religion, and in making such innovations as tend to strengthen the loyalty and reverential piety of the people. So after two decades of experimenting with the Sunday Sabbath, Kohler found that ultimately the services lacked spirituality and tradition, that few engaged in the Sabbath rest and study that made it sacred. By the 1920s, 40 years later, there was not one Reformed congregation in the United States that held a Sunday Shabbat service. So there are two things that particularly strike me about this episode in the history of the reform movement in America. First, that the reform community and Kohler, its leader, eventually realized that they could not radically alter tradition for the sake of mere convenience. While we still practice many other reform adaptations, even here at Emmanuel, from only having one day of Rosh Hashanah, to including the matriarchs, the imachot, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah in our prayers, this innovation went too far. It lost its anchoring in a sense of authenticity. Having Shabbat from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown was too important to discard. Perhaps it is because it keeps us connected to the rest of the Jewish community around the world who are also observing the same day. Or perhaps there is something fundamentally holy about these 24 hours, this divinely chosen time of the week. That it is not only how we behave during the time, but that the time itself, almost in an ontological way, that the time itself is sacred. The second thing is that Kohler, who was an extremely well-respected rabbi and eventually became the president 
of the Hebrew Union College, the seminary where all of our clergy were ordained, he admitted that he was wrong. He publicly apologized, and in writing in the foreword, right, in the, one of the Jewish newspapers in New York, he modeled, modeled tshuva. He modeled repentance for his community. We are in the middle of the Hebrew month of Elul, the time leading up to the high holidays. We're almost exactly two weeks away from Rosh Hashanah. And we are meant to spend this month preparing ourselves, doing a spiritual warm-up, in essence, so that we do not jump into the most intense spiritual experience of the Jewish year unprepared. One of the key pieces of that process is tshuva, is repentance, or literally returning. Medieval sage Maimonides teaches in his laws of tshuva that their sacrifices will not atone for their sins until they repent and make a verbal confession. Maimonides emphasizes that it's not enough to do tshuva just in your heart. A confession must be done publicly and verbally. It is only true tshuva if one admits that one was wrong in front of the community. It's hard enough to admit that one was wrong to ourselves or to a family member or a close friend, but admitting we are wrong before hundreds of congregants must have been a true challenge. Rabbi Kohler may have gone too far in wanting to move Shabbat to Sunday. The idea seems a bit silly today, but it probably felt very realistic at the time. But once he realized that he had made a mistake, he redeemed himself by publicly apologizing with humility. He is remembered in the annals of Reformed Jewish history as a seminal philosopher and as a great leader. The other quotation on your handout is from Rabbi Yitz Greenberg, a modern Orthodox rabbi in New York. He writes, Repentance assures us that we have the ability to change and grow to reshape our lives. By becoming conscious of what we are doing, being willing to change, we turn from serving time to serving life. We create a new self, more loving, more connected to others. Thus we become ultimate artists, co-creators of the most precious thing on earth, human beings created in the image of God, ourselves. Kohler's actions and Greenberg's words should inspire us in our own process of tshuva this Elul. We still have two more weeks. We can take this precious time of Shabbat to think about the inevitable mistakes that we have made in the past, both big and small. And we can find a way to say, I'm sorry, I didn't quite have it right. It doesn't have to be as big as admitting a fundamental piece of liturgy or ritual, but it doesn't have to be as small as what immediately comes to your mind. It's a hard process, but it's worth it to take the time to really think about what you wish you had done differently. We study history in part to appreciate our present and to plan for our future. So on this Shabbat and on this Labor Day weekend, let us appreciate the sacred time 
and plan for a meaningful Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur filled with, filled with renewal and a new sense of purchase, purpose. Excuse me, I'm going to say that again. Let us appreciate this sacred time and plan for a meaningful Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur filled with renewal and a sense of purpose. Shabbat Shalom.